And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Band of 12 plus 6 here. Carson was top rookie. I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> Aziz. Hey, Jay, I, I see you, player. Sheet. Welcome to Anything is Potable! The Boston Celtics podcast here on The Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard. And I'm joined, oh, I forgot, I'm a professional sports fan. And I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are joining you after the Celtics beat the Memphis Grizzlies 126-107. And the story of the night is downtown Jalen Brown scoring a career-high 42 points, 7 of 10 from deep, 15 of 21 from the field, he did this all in only 29 minutes. Jay King, what was your reaction to Jalen Brown going off? He put on a show. Some of those shots were just really tough. The the two over Dylan, Dylan Brooks, rather, was there wasn't much separation. He just decided, fuck it, I'm going to let it fly. I'm hot right now. Uh, the floater that I think was his last made field goal, maybe it wasn't. But that like that's just a tough shot. And Jalen's obviously improved. He's obviously gotten much better. And it feels like he's more confident than ever doing all sorts of things on the court. The confidence was evident in just his pull-up threes. He was taking threes that I think earlier in his career you would say are not advisable. But I think out of his seven... Gosh, really, Isaiah might have slapped him if he tried <laughs> And like tonight, it was just like, yeah, go ahead. And he started early from pull up threes. And it wasn't, it was some of them were in transition, but some of them were in the half court. And it was just a, a defender playing like a step back, trying to play him on the drive. And he was just pulled up immediately and drained him. He just really could not miss tonight. The Celtics did not miss for a while there. I, for at the start of the game, it was kind of Tatum and Brown exchanging. I think they started six for six. Marcus Smart knocked down, I think, his two of his first threes. I think the real takeaway from this game is that the Grizzlies are not serious team, especially without John Morant. Like it was 
just not a real basketball game. Uh, and that was pretty evident within like the first six minutes. It was definitely a mismatch, but it's the second leg of a back-to-back for the Celtics. They were playing without Tristan Thompson, which actually provided an interesting layer because then Brad had to switch up the starting lineup. I thought Jeff Teague was good. Jeff Teague, I think he had four steals. He he was very good defensively, which I don't think is kind of what you think about when when you think about Jeff Teague's game. But he was in the passing lanes. He, he was creating turnovers. He had the great outlet pass to, I believe it was Marcus Smart in transition. Teague didn't have like a huge scoring game at all, but I thought just having him out there was helpful. And then Tice just playing the center makes him so much better. You you could tell he was so much more comfortable without Tristan Thompson out there. He said after the game that center is his natural position. And it's clear, like the things he's good at playing in the seams, cutting to the rim, diving to the rim and picking and rolls, like, all the stuff he's good at is amplified when he plays center and and diminished when he plays at the power forward. So I think that's something the Celtics are going to have to really look at and really wonder if they want to keep doing that big lineup, especially if they're not going to defend. I, I'm not sure that's going to work. Um, but, yeah, Jeff Teague, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, he was great on uh, helping on double teams. Basically, the, the Grizzlies' whole offense was either Dylan Brooks, you can try and shoot, or we're going to go down low to Valanchunas. And when Valanchunas caught the ball, Teague did a really good job of kind of helping on double teams, swiping down. Teague, he had four steals tonight, but the Celtics ended up with 17 steals and uh, 11 blocks tonight. They were just playing wild defense. And yes, it would be cool, Dan Kelly, if Tatum scored 43 on Friday to one-up Jalen, much like Bird did McHale, I believe, in the 1986 season. But the Celtics did significantly more amount of points though yeah 56 to 60 right yeah which is crazy which is absolutely wild bird is a, a maniac i don't know if jason tatum has that in him but the Celtics defense tonight was just much better talk about getting into the ball there's just ball pressure the entire night tons of steals it just seems like they turned the uh grizzlies over over like just over and over again the grizzlies had 22 turnovers and it was pretty much an easy game for the Celtics. I did think it was interesting the uh, Tice talking about the five being his natural position and just him having to adjust. He didn't want to admit he was struggling, but uh, he said he mentioned some things about just how it's different for him playing the four. Another interesting thing because of the war on Tice, but because he basically broke his hand and then got immediately taken out of the game. There's a lot more Robert Williams. He played twenty basically twenty three minutes in this game. He was a plus twenty eight. 10 rebounds, two assists, but my God, Dime Lord was out tonight. Some people were calling him Pass Lord, which is absolutely awful. But you just saw Robert Williams as a high-energy guy and a playmaker. The tip pass he made to Marcus Smart in the corner uh, was was absolutely good breakfast, and it's just not something a lot of bigs can do. And the Celtics have um, a lot of good starting caliber centers, which is just – not something you would think they like you would talk, say about the Celtics, especially after last year, but it's an embarrassment of riches at the five. Not a lot of great at the wing. I mean, other than the, the the starting guys, but a lot of great options at the five. And I thought we saw that with both Tice and Time Lord tonight. Yeah, and I think that's why Brad Stevens has decided to try to make the big lineup work is because he wants to find minutes for all those guys. And at the start of the season, I wondered where Robert Williams would fit in. I think it's pretty clear that he's going 
to get minutes that he deserves to get minutes. But if if you don't start the two big guys together, then it's like 16 minutes a piece for Tice Thompson and Robert Williams. Um, and, and Robert Williams, like he's been pretty good. Um, some of his passes were awesome. And I think just the activity level over the past few games has been great. He's, he's definitely improved. He still makes some like weird decisions and stuff like that. But as from a consistency standpoint, these last three games been one of his better stretches probably overall. Um, so he, he's been very, very promising. And I, I think even like his post defense, he normally jumps at the wrong time sometimes, gets like fouls guys. He has waited until guys shoot. The When Jonas Valanciunas tried to shoot over him in the post, it, it was like a little kid trying to shoot over a grown-up. And so he had one where he absolutely stuffed the shit out of Valanciunas and just sent that shit right back into his face. Four blocks tonight. And you're right. He's a lot more disciplined uh, in terms of just timing his jumping. He's still jumping because he's time lord and he loves jumping. But uh, getting his hands straight up and just playing uh, a lot better on the defensive end. Do you think like time lord can play with another big in a two man lineup? Because we really haven't seen it. That's what I was uh, the conclusion I I had too. I mean, I think Tyson Thompson are more skilled um, than he is. So, like, if one of them was to play the four, but, like, I just don't think you could do it. I just don't think you could do it in the modern NBA. Baines and Horford worked because Horford was a playmaker. Horford was a three-point shooter. Like, Horford was almost like having another guard on the court. Tyson Thompson, Robert, like, those guys just aren't that. And so it's really tough to – to play two guys like that together in the modern NBA and be good at both ends of the court. I do think that should be a really good defensive lineup. It just hasn't been so far, but we'll see. I, and I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of fans are hating on Tice the last few games and saying, start Robert Williams. Tice has been much better than Robert Williams for the entirety of Robert Williams' career. <laughs> like, I just don't get people jumping to that conclusion because he's been okay over like four or five stints over a three span game. I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet. Like, let's just tone it down. Tristan Thompson, same thing. Like he's been very good in his career. He's started for championship team. Like let's just tone it down. Everyone wants to see Robert Williams at the starting lineup. Let's see him like put together six, seven, eight good games in a row before we crown the Time Lord. I mean, he's already he already is the Time Lord. He already has been crowned. But I think part of the issue is Tice has struggled this year a little bit. But I think that's largely because he's had to play the four. I think the thing that's good about Tice is you can you can try him out next to Tristan Thompson. I don't think you can really play Robert Williams next to another big. Robert Williams is at his best. They talked about on the broadcast, like providing vertical spacing, really in a spread pick and roll offense. And it's just Peyton Richard and and Robert Williams. That's that's been fun. They have a special connection. And um, it really, I guess, to end the point on Robert Williams, he's the most effective when you can spread the floor and kind of just play that nice little lob game. Uh, And that's something that Peyton Pritchard did well. Peyton Pritchard, he's a player. 
another just solid performance from him. He just controls the pace. Some people call him fast PP. I call him change of pace PP because the guy just has. You're not going to call me eight mile. We can get into that talk uh, for the potable six pack because there's been a lot of Peyton Pritchard uh, nickname talk. And you know, I love nicknames, but just he's just making an impact on the court. Just solid plays. He another eight points tonight throughout a couple of assists. He's just uh, just a solid, uh, solid NBA player. I'm ready to crown him. If you're not ready to crown Time Lord, I'm ready to crown Fast PP. That's that's fine. <laughs> I I think Peyton Pritchard has game. I, I've been the last two games, especially he's just shown a lot as far as being able to manufacture offense. And that that's not something that I anticipated him to be doing this early in his career. It just wasn't something I expected. And so when he's out there and he's like last game, he, he did the little Steve Nash move where he circled around and, drew a big and found Robert Williams over the top for a mismatch down low. Like he's just making veteran plays. And I think he's been really impressive with the basketball in his hands, especially since the the last couple of games, they've kind of made him the point guard when he's out there and just kind of put the ball in his hands. And Jeff Teague even has been playing off the ball. So I think that's been a good thing. I think that's really promising for what Peyton Pritchard could be for this team. He's, he surpassed my expectations so far. I, I didn't think Fast PP would would contribute so f- quickly. Quickly. You wanted to say fast. I was going to say fast, but I, I couldn't do it. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think I like about Pritchard is his ability to take over the game for like a nice three minute stint. Like it feels like when he comes into the game and he is that primary ball handler, he is able to do something on like three or four consecutive possessions and just get a nice little run. And that's something that the Celtics need, just a, a little bit of a jump start of offense. He had that nice step back three, but then immediately followed that up with a kind of that nice change of pace play in the lane and then followed that up with the lob to Time Lord. And so I thought it was impressive uh, showing from that Celtics rookie. He's I been was- super efficient too. Like – and it, obviously it's it's just five games so far, but he's shot the three really well. He's scored inside the arc really well. He's finishing at the rim, like very crafty with his finishes. He's He's been good. He's been good. He could be a good find. It seems like he's going to be quite good. Uh, we did, because of the blowout, see Aaron Neesmith play for 20 minutes tonight. He uh, knocked down a pretty difficult sidestep three. But other than that, I think I remember at least two or three times of him getting lost defensively. And uh, Corrales pointed out a couple times where he was uh, needed to be told where to go on the offensive end. Uh, 
what did you think of Neesmith's performance, even though it was in a not serious basketball game? I think the game looks to be going 100 miles an hour for him. It just hasn't slowed down for him yet. And I, I don't think that necessarily means anything long term. Like it could just be he didn't play much in his sophomore year in college, like only played 14 games after really emerging as a star in college, had an injury during the hiatus, didn't have a summer league. And I know Peyton Pritchard has been really good, but I don't think we should really expect rookies to know the system, to know much of anything. Like they're just being dropped into the middle of it. So I don't think it's like a, a flag long term, but I do understand um, you can see why the coaching staff has been a little hesitant to throw him out there if if he is, you know, his mind still racing as as quickly as it is. He did he did step out of bounds. That could be the beginning of something impressive. That's what that's how it happened with Pritchard. He stepped out of bounds a few times and then boom, all of a sudden he was taking over a game, leading a comeback. That could be it's the, na- it's the natural progression. It's how you start as a Celtics rookie. I think it it totally makes sense that he's not there and that the game he's not really up to full speed at this point. And that just makes sense why uh, when you need someone to come and just lock down Doug McDermott, you're going to Javante Green, uh, who was actually out tonight for I think it was a COVID protocol, but Health and safety protocols did not stop Javante from live tweeting the game, which I thought was fantastic. Tweeted out J Mac during the game, uh, forty piece when Jalen got that. So shouts to Javante Green uh, for still for, tweeting, providing that content. Yeah, you got to keep uh, providing that content. Uh, any other notes from the game before we get into uh, six pack, which is going to be deep with honorable mentions because in any non serious game, uh, the notes get wackier. Yeah, I don't want to be like that guy sounding the alarm after Sound a it. blowout victory. Negative media. Let's hear it. Negative Boston media. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum went wild. Marcus Smart hit a bunch of threes. The rest of the Celtics roster hit two, and one of them was the Aaron Neesmith sidestep in the corner. I I just don't think this team has enough shooting. They, they were like 26 coming in in three-point attempts. They they need more shooting, man. And and when Jalen Brown shoots everybody's face off and when Jason Tatum shoots people's face off, it'll be fine. But when they're playing better teams, I just I wonder about whether they have enough offensively. I'm not just I'm not gonna hear it. Jason uh, Jalen Brown scored 42 points tonight. They didn't need other people. It's a very good point by A.G. Freeman that Kemba is a known shooter. They're probably going to acquire his services at some point, but it's really wild for you to bring that up in a game when they were basically up by three. I really don't think it is. They have been – it's not just that they're not shooting the ball well. They've actually shot a good percentage. Like, they just don't produce three-point shots. They just don't. And they'd probably produce more if they play smaller at the start of games, but not many. They shot 22 against Indiana – in their win the other night, like just 22 threes. That's, that's not a lot. It's that's like fucking mid nineties basketball, man. Like, like Kenny Anderson style, Eric Williams style, Tony Batiste style. Shouts to Eric Williams. Number 55, 55 in our hearts. Uh, 
All right. I'm just not going to let this negativity continue, and I'm going to switch to positivity, which is the potable six-pack. This is where Jay and I pick the six best things, uh, most insightful things, most important things to come out of tonight's game. Jay, I don't have my first run pick, so I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I mean, Jalen Brown. That's a fair point. Jalen Brown. I'm just picking everything Jalen Brown did. The entirety of that performance, it was ridiculous. He played, I believe it was 30 minutes, had 42 points. They played a little box score trick where they said he had 44 points, but he really had 42 points. Confused everybody a little bit. But his shot making was just really, really good. And like you said, the pull-up threes, which isn't really something he ever had in his bag before maybe the bubble last year. And I thought it was telling when someone asked him after the game, what have you improved on the most since you came in the NBA? He's like, I couldn't tell you. I've just improved everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty true. Pretty, pretty true. It was also great. I think Jared uh, Weiss asked him, like, what have you done to improve your balance and all your uh, footwork? And he's just like, haven't worked on a thing. That's just all natural and just completely shut down the question. That was another fun moment from the postgame. All right. My first pick is going to be that it's going to the talk of the town. Uh, we had Tristan Thompson FaceTiming Kendrick Perkins during the middle of a TV segment to talk about Peyton Pritchard's nickname. Uh, we had our man Chris Forsberg bringing up on the broadcast and being like, what do you think the best nickname is? And Scal's basically just like, this is BS. I don't want to talk about that. I thought that was uh, some humorous things. But Jay, what is your official take on what do you think Peyton Pritchard's nickname should be? We have Fast PP, which was his Twitter handle. Uh, Jason Tatum called him 8 Mile. NBC Sports Boston was trying to go off that, call him P Rabbit. But I like the uh, fourth one that I think is getting a lot of love. Uh, is calling him Dean Pritchard, named after um, the Dean from the movie Old School, who was also nicknamed Cheese. Your thoughts? <laughs> Do you remember that, where he comes in and I, Will Ferrell goes, Cheese? I'll tell you the truth. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I knew you would have this response. I knew this was going to be your exact response. I don't. And every single year, there is so much fucking nickname talk and every single year it's oh should we call jalen brown the poet like oh what should we call jalen brown and jason tatum how about 7-eleven <laughs> this shit needs to end it is the dumbest discussion ever i do think i liked eight mile jason tatum calling peyton pritchard eight mile gave me joy but the fact that we have to spend 10 minutes talking about these fucking sorry, nicknames. Sorry, some people want to have fun with the game and not just like crap on the Celtics for not having enough three-point shooting. No, it's no, no. NBC Sports Nicknames Boston. just happen. Nicknames aren't like you sit there fucking talking about them for 20 minutes and debating about which one works the best. <laughs> A nickname happens and then it just fits and then it sticks and then it continues. Let's shut the fuck up about nicknames. That's why his name's Fast PP. That's what everyone on my timeline's calling him, so I'm calling him <laughs> Fast PP. Uh, but I knew that it was going to be a response. As soon as Scal shut down, there's like, it's too early for this talk. I was like, that's exactly what Jay's going to do when I bring it up on the podcast tonight. So I'm glad you played true to form. All right. For my second pick, um, it's going to be sartorial in nature. That means having to do with clothing, Jay. Um, Sweet, bro. 
I don't know if I want to go with tacos, blades, uh, sweet recreational spectacles, which I think were transition lenses. Um, I'm going to use that as an honorable mention. I'm sorry if I took that from you, but I don't think you were going to pick that. Kemba Walker was wearing some outrageous pants tonight, and it kind of looked like he was wearing shin pads, and I was here for it. I don't know what it was, but at some point he stood up, and it looked like his white shoes went into his shin pads, and it looked like he was wearing knee-high boots, and I just thought it was a cool look. Uh, fashion and nicknames, man. Just <laughs> really, really talking about all the topics I really care about. You have two picks now. It's your turn. Uh, I'm going with the Daniel Tice block of Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson was just – I don't know what he was thinking. He – they call him slow-mo for a reason. He was like an inch off the ground. Like he did not get off the ground at all. And Daniel Tice just kind of – waited in midair for what seemed like four seconds and was always going to block the shot. And Anderson waited as long as he could while hanging in the air an inch above the ground and still got blocked. It was just just a hilarious play because it was kind of a play that just like a bad JV player makes where he tries to go up for a shot against one of the, the better players and just doesn't realize that he can't create enough separation. And I'm not calling Kyle Anderson a bad JV player because he's actually pretty good. But well, I feel was... like we've all done that where you like try to be a little bit more ambitious than your skill set allows and just it doesn't work out. And there's just an immediate shame of like, I I know I shouldn't have done that. I like that Gorman had a real fun time calling him slow-mo the entire night. Uh, it was which is a definitely an A plus nickname and fits his game. You're right. Nicknames do have to come naturally and slow-mo fits Kyle Anderson perfectly. I thought it was a fun Tice block to begin the third quarter. Tice just had an absolute electric a minute. He, uh, I think had a nice pass from, uh, he made a bucket on a pass from Teague, then got the block, then threw the ball completely out of bounds and then picked up his fourth foul all within the first minute of the third quarter. It was just an electric Tice game. Uh, and so that block on slow-mo was definitely it. Your last and final pick in the potable six pack. I, I I have an honorable mention pick that I'll save for later. I have to go with the Marcus Smart heat check. It was, <laughs> I believe, the first Marcus Smart heat check of the year. He made two threes. You knew the next one was going up. You knew no matter how much he's talked about shot selection, that once he saw a couple go down, he was just going to get the itch. And, and he did. He got and, the itch. <laughs> And he he threw it up there. It didn't really come too close. But there's nothing better than a Marcus Smart heat check, man. And, and the first one of the season, it just it made me feel normal again. A, a lot has been different <laughs> over the last eight, nine months. But for, for, for that five-second span, when Marcus Smart caught the ball and I knew it was going up and I knew it probably wasn't going to come close – and I knew it was going to give me so much joy. I, I just felt normal again. It was perfect because you like as soon as he makes two, it feels like he earns the third. Like it, that doesn't count as bad shot selection. No, Marcus Smart heat check after he makes two. We've seen him make. We've seen him make eleven in a game. We've seen him attempt twenty and a half. Like it's he's allowed to do that if he's making it. He, he made eleven in a game. The heat checks were often missing by like a foot or two. But he earned that right. He's Marcus Smart. The heat checks don't stop him from being hot either, which is my favorite part. Like, he misses one heat check. He's like, you know what? I'm still feeling it. And I like that. 
And he was always having confidence. My final pick, I think it has to be the Dime Lord pass, the tip pass to Marcus Smart in the corner. Followed that up with just a nice little bounce pass to Jalen Brown on a short roll. Um, I think me calling him Dime Lord and then you tweeting out Pass Lord uh, was just uh, was a great moment. It was just a win for me because I ended up looking smart and you ended up looking so, so stupid. Who, who got more likes on the tweet? Who You have five times the followers I do. If we do my likes per follower, I trounced you. I'm just checking. Just wanted to let you know. The, the metrics, the analytics say that uh, I prevailed. You could tweet out anything and you'd probably get more likes. You don't have quality. You're basically just like uh, a stand-up comedian who just like he's already made it. And now no one just like uh, everyone just laughs at his jokes, even though they're not funny anymore. And then you tried to call me Rhyme Lord. It, it was a weak comeback. I won the exchange. I just- thought Rhyme Lord was kind of funny. I I, I, I knew that, that obviously Dime, or Dime Lord was a better thing to say than pass lord I, i'm not gonna lie but i, I thought rhyme lord it was a good retort it was like it was i was a- actually trying to to come back and, and get the best of you at that point i was leaning into making fun of myself well it's uh just great to see you be so humble a little and, humility from the kid it's not it's it's uh not often we get that from the kid but it's appreciated when it does happen uh and just like that we appreciate all the listeners hold the on I, I got an honorable mention Oh, well, mention away, good sir. Carson Edwards' hot streak. Oh, he did have, what, nine points in this game? Carson Edwards went on a little hot streak. He started feeling himself a little bit. It feels like a while since we've had Carson, like, feel it a little bit, you know? You mean and, make make more than two shots in a game? But no, it wasn't just that. It was like he had a little pep in his step. He, he, was, he was hunting down his shot. And I like to see that. It, it, it has been... It has been a little while. He was in a rhythm. Feed Carson when he's hot. All right. I'm glad you I'm glad you got that in. And so uh thank you guys. Thanks, Jay, for coming up with the honorable mentions. It's just fantastic when we have a jam-packed potable six-pack. It's fantastic when all the listeners out there will join us live on Periscope after the games or download our podcast anywhere you get podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please give us five stars, give us a review. It really helps us with ratings and algorithms and things like that. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Anything is Possible! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.